Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the In Conversation with a Clinical Medicine podcast. I am Marianna, Deputy Editor at Clinical uh, Medicine, and each month we'll be interviewing the author of a paper published in our journal, giving them the opportunity to provide a deeper discussion of their research. And um, today I'm here with Professor uh, Fiona Alderdice to talk about his uh, recent systematic review and meta-analysis on the prevalence of anxiety and post-traumatic uh, stress among the parents of babies admitted to neonatal uh, units. So Professor uh, Fiona Alderdice is a psychologist by background. She is the deputy director of the Policy Research Unit in Maternal and Neonatal Health and Care, and she is the senior social scientist at the Neonatal Perinatal Epidemiology Unit at the University of Oxford. Fiona is also an honorary professor in the School of Nursing and Midwifery at Queen's University Belfast and a senior research fellow at Harris Manchester College, University of Oxford. Fiona, uh, hello and thank you for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Ariana. So we start with um, the question, if you can please introduce the listeners to your study and uh, describe the main aims and, and your key findings. Well, so this systematic review was conducted as part of our policy research work in maternal and neonatal health and care. And it was considered to be an important review question by policymakers, as we currently don't have an estimate of the prevalence of anxiety and post-traumatic stress symptoms in parents of babies admitted to a neonatal unit. So considering this is a traumatic and often unexpected event, parents will be vulnerable to mental health problems. But we don't know the extent of the mental health problems in this group, which makes it very difficult to plan services or to provide adequate support for parents. Some reviews have been conducted looking at depression in parents, but not anxiety and post-traumatic stress. So the aim of this review was to get some indication of the numbers of parents admitted to a neonatal unit who were identified as having anxiety or post-traumatic stress symptoms. So 56 studies involving over 6,000 parents met the review criteria. And when we synthesised the evidence, we found that the prevalence estimates of anxiety and post-traumatic stress were much higher than in the general perinatal population. So for example, Post-traumatic stress in the perinatal population after birth has been estimated to be approximately 4 to 10 percent, whereas we found there was around 40 percent for parents in the month after birth and staying around 25 percent between one month and one year. And while the data were limited, prevalence stayed around 25 percent beyond one year after birth. Prevalence rates for anxiety were similar, so around 40 percent up to one month and down to around 25% from one month to one year. But the data after one year were too limited to interpret. So all in all, that represents a significant need in this group of parents over an extended period of time. Thank you so much for, um, for this summary. It's really interesting. And what are the main um, challenges in the timely identification of anxiety and post-traumatic stress in these individuals, in your experience? As care is understandably focused on the baby rather than the parent, the main challenges are around who should assess parent mental health, so neonatal staff, midwifery staff or mental health staff, and how do you assess anxiety or post-traumatic stress. So good assessment is key. We need to ensure that what 
whatever way we choose to identify anxiety or post-traumatic stress, minimises the risk of missing parents who need additional support, while not overloading the system with referrals for parents who are not necessarily in need of professional support. So just let me expand on that last point. Our review showed that some of the variation in prevalence estimates that we found was related to the assessment method and the tool used for assessment. The nearest thing we have to a gold standard method of assessment is a structured clinical interview. However, it's not realistic to do structured clinical interviews with every parent whose baby is admitted to a neonatal unit. So we need to use standardised questionnaires with validated cutoff points. Short standardised questionnaires are used widely in many countries during pregnancy and the postpartum to identify women with depression and increasingly anxiety. If we use a short standardised measure that offers an initial assessment and depending on how a parent answers the questions, more detailed assessment can then take place. So, but one of the problems that we face is that there are many measures available. The most common self-report measures used in this review were the state trait anxiety infantry and the perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder questionnaire. But there was a lot of variability, uh, not just in the tools used, but the cutoffs used to identify probable anxiety or post-traumatic stress and different tools provided different prevalence. Now, this was particularly true with anxiety, with the state trait anxiety infantry producing higher prevalence compared to any of the other self-report measures. So we need more research on anxiety measures and we specifically need to compare the state trait anxiety infantry to clinical interviews to explore the validity of this higher prevalence before considering its use in future research or in a clinical environment. Thank you very much. And out of curiosity, I think we talk about parents in general, but have you encountered any difference between uh, mother and fathers? And um, do, you, do you think they might have a different uh, mental health risk according to your analysis? So I think it's, it's important to collect data on both parents as we need to support the whole family unit after birth. But as you'll see in the review, most of the studies conducted to date have been on mothers and there was limited research on fathers and what existed suggests that overall fathers have similar levels of post-traumatic stress to mothers but lower levels of anxiety. And similar disparity between parents has been found in other reviews, reviews of parental stress for example, related to premature birth and in the broader perinatal population. However, this is very hard to interpret. The reason for the disparity is unclear and really requires further investigation, um, including social science research. Previous research suggests such differences may reflect variations in expectations of the roles played by mothers and fathers within the neonatal unit and in society more broadly. And a qualitative study in the UK found that fathers engaged in considerable effort to manage their emotions as they attempted to reconcile the tension between what they felt and what they thought others expected them to feel. So it may be that they are underreporting their anxiety. We, we need to know much more about fathers and other carers. Thank you. And um, coming back broadly to your study, what are, in your view, the implications of your findings for uh, practice and uh, what can be done in terms of targeted interventions? 
Okay, so first we need to identify the parent who needs additional support. And as I mentioned earlier, screening already happens in many countries in the general, general perinatal population. And a recent systematic review suggests that universal screening for parent mood and anxiety disorders in neonatal units may be feasible with a tool that is brief enough to use in clinical settings. But simply identifying parents with mental health problems and then referring on to psychological services isn't going to be enough. Preventative and supportive interventions for parents in neonatal units also need to be considered. And there are a number of interventions that are very promising. Um, for example, interventions such as the family integrated care model may be effective in decreasing parental stress and anxiety in the neonatal unit. There is a recent clinical trial from Holland um, that shows creating an environment which welcomes continuous parental presence and supports active participation in neonatal care is beneficial for fathers' mental health. And fathers in the family integrated care model arm were found to have less perceived stress and particip participated more in the care of their baby compared with those in standard care. And then when we consider specific groups of parents who might benefit from mental health support as part of routine care um, following a neonatal admission, we need to think about parents of very preterm infants with extended stays. So like for example, a randomized control trial from the US found a brief six session intervention based on principles of trauma-focused cognitive behavior therapy was effective at reducing symptoms of trauma, anxiety and depression in mothers of preterm infants. So we need to have a strategic approach to mental health intervention. And um, how long um, should parents be followed up to ensure that no symptoms of anxiety or post-traumatic stress are, are missed? Well, neonatal units can be busy and intimidating places for parents. And everyone, including the parents, are primarily focused on how well the baby is doing, not how well the parent is doing. But it's important to find time to assess parents' mental health during the neonatal admission, as rates of anxiety and post-traumatic stress are very high in that first month. So if you remember, around 40% for both anxiety and post-traumatic stress. So assessment is needed when the baby is in the neonatal unit. And there's plenty of opportunity to do this as there's regular contact with parents, but there needs to be enough resources available to do this and a referral strategy in place. But assessment shouldn't stop there as one in four parents are still experiencing symptoms at least up to one year after birth. So any contact for follow-up of the child's health and development is an important opportunity for follow-up with the parent to assess their mental health and well-being again, using simple standardised questions. So anyway, in the absence of routine follow-up, raising awareness about potential mental health challenges for parents and encouraging them to go and see their primary care doctor if they have concerns about their mental health is also very important. Thank you, Fiona. I have a last question uh, for you. And uh, it is, what, uh, in your opinion, would need to be further explored by future studies to lead to progress in the field? Well, in the review, we found too many small cross-sectional studies with convenient samples. And the quality assessment of included studies showed none of the studies were a low risk of bias on all domains. 
So further large-scale population-based prospective cohort studies are really needed to investigate prevalence of mental health conditions in these parents. Future studies would need to include full demographic details of participants, employ robust standardised measures with validated cutoff points that are sensitive and reliable for this population. Using core outcome sets where these are available is also important. They should also follow up parents at least up to the first year after birth. And any study of prevalence needs to be inclusive of the whole neonatal unit parent population and at least be large enough to explore subgroup variability. Based on our review, we would recommend research on those groups that are underrepresented in existing studies. So, for example, those parents of infants with congenital anomalies, parents whose babies had died, parents with pre-existing mental health problems, parents from black and ethnic minority backgrounds, fathers, other carers, parents from low and middle income countries. And in my opinion, we need to start talking more to each other and collaborating on parent outcomes. We need to create more opportunities to collect these data. There are a number of excellent international neonatal networks to facilitate the collaboration and the collection of rigorous routine data on baby care. And I think it would be great if we could add a few parent variables to these data sets, even just for a year, to pick up more representative data. So there are many possibilities, and I think progressing research into parents' mental health has the potential to have an impact at many levels, not only in terms of parents' mental health, but also through enhancing their transition to parenthood, improving the parent-infant relationship, and ultimately impacting on longer-term child development. Thank you so much again, um, Professor Alderdice, and uh, thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation With. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With the Clinical Medicine uh, podcast. Thank you. <laughs>